Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, your bi-weekly podcast that gives you a dosage on all the things you wish you learned from that boring, bulky textbook. You're now listening to episode two, the history of 4th of July, when black folks celebrated July 4th. Happy 4th of July weekend, folks. Before we get into this episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to all of you. Everyone who's listening right now, who supported the first episode, I really, really appreciate you. Appreciate your reviews, your retweets, your shares. Y'all are the best. Plus, Cindy Crawford shouted us out. Okay. All right. So let's get into the episode. Happy 4th of July weekend. Before COVID-19, this would be the time of the year when people across the United States would celebrate Independence Day. I put that in air quotes. If you live in America, July 4th would usually mean, you know, barbecues, cookouts, hot dogs, hamburgers, drinks, all red, white, and blue everything, and... Oh, fireworks. (laughs) How can I forget the fireworks? You know, they haven't been going off in my neighborhood all summer long. You know, I can't be the only one. But anyway, I digress. Anyways, it only felt right that for our second episode, we would talk about this historical weekend, looking at a time period when July 4th was a black holiday. Yep, you heard me right. There was a time period when July 4th was a black holiday. In this episode, we're going to take a look at what is July 4th? You know, what does it mean? What is what does the day represent? The kind of like the textbook definition. Then we're going to uncover a time period when black folks celebrated 4th of July. You know, looking at what how they celebrated it, what they did, what were some of their traditions. And then we're also going to quickly highlight some historical, other major historical events that, and movements that happened on this day. And then we'll wrap up the show with our show summary. And our show summary is, you know, a staple of the podcast. And it's similar to that time in the class when your teacher turns and says, all right, everyone, make sure you're paying attention to this part. You know, you want to make sure you write this down. And that's really them like giving you a hint and a clue about something that's going to be on some type of test or quiz or some assessment of some sort. And so that's what the show summary is like while we don't have any tests or quizzes you know you should just really pay attention and follow along anyway okay (laughs) all right so let's get into it so what exactly is july 4th july 4th represents the day that america broke free from great britain you know so at this time it was 1776 which is 244 years ago so I guess we're 244 years old happy birthday America 
Before that, there were 13 colonies in what we now know as America, which is basically like 13 states. And they had to answer to Great Britain. They had to, they were getting taxed by them. Great Britain was making up laws for them. You know, Great Britain pretty much had their hands in America's pocket. And so the people on, in these colonies got fed up of having to answer to Great Britain. And so an eight-year war broke out. And in the end, America won their freedom. And that was the birthday of America. And this day is often associated with the Declaration of Independence, which is that document that reads... We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Side-eye to America because y'all already know about that. Um, so that is why it's also associated with the Declaration of Independence. History textbooks say that also around this time, it may have been on the 2nd, it may have been on the 7th, not really sure, but a couple of what we known as the founding fathers, delegates, what I call, you know, the white dudes who enslaved black people, Thomas Jefferson, Sam Adams, Benjamin Franklin, signed that document. So, yeah, I think I wrapped that pretty much up. So, the textbooks say that this is the birth of the United States as an independent nation and represents the Declaration of Independence for some of us, not all of us, okay? So now that we've gotten the textbook stuff out of the way, let's get into the good stuff. The time period when July 4th was a black holiday. Following the Civil War, which was a, a war between the North and the South, the Union and the Confederacy, that's when, you know, July 4th became a black holiday. After the Civil War, slaves were free, and that's when the tables turned and July 4th went from a white holiday to a black holiday, at least in the South. The nation's four million newly emancipated citizens transformed the Independence Day into a celebration of black freedom. So essentially, around this time, the South was salty that they lost the war, slavery was no more, and they had to be a part of the Union. So white folks in the South pretty much didn't really fuck with Fourth of July, and the black folks really embraced it, in particularly in South Carolina. For much of its early history, Charleston had a black and an enslaved majority. So that's why this day in particular was a, a black holiday in Charleston, South Carolina. Back then, the place to be on the 4th was Charleston. According to history, the black folks down there had the littest celebration. Their celebration went a little something like this. They had a parade, and in the parade, they had ex-milita, you know, black heroes, formerly enslaved people march in the parade. So these are people who are part of the Civil War who were on the winning side. So they would march in the parade. Everyone would celebrate them. The parade would also include black women, and that was super progressive. They had 
women groups represented as well. Domestic workers and washerwomen from different groups also were included in the parade. And one year, they even had a float that upheld a queen of the parade. So that's a statement in and of itself. So they would have a parade and the milita and the women would march and be celebrated. And they would even have a coffin being carried and it would have slavery written across it to like represent the death of slavery. That was pretty dope. So after the parade, everyone would meet at the White Point Garden. And the White Point Garden is where everything really kind of popped off. That's where there was like a large cookout, you know, different vendors. I'm thinking like, you know, a curl fest meets an Afropunk almost. And so everyone would kind of like gather and have little you know, like set up little picnics with their crews and then different events would happen. So someone would read the Declaration of Independence and then someone would read the the 13th Amendment, which is an added section to the U.S. Constitution that said slavery is over and illegal. Someone else would do like political speeches and then there was also dancing. So the dance of the time was called the Toodaloo. And it was the popular dance of the time, and it's described as about like a dozen people. And so there would be like six men and six women in circles, kind of circling each other, courting each other. And maybe there would be two people who would dance in the middle. And it was like, you know, a lot of call and response and singing and clapping. On the low, the Toodaloo was a dance that was black folks' way of making fun of the elite courtship that they that former enslaved people saw during before their emancipation and then it was also just a way for them to express themselves so it had like a double meaning but i thought that was clever <laughs> of course while black folks were having a good time you know there was some very upset southern white southerners about this celebration and how you know black folks turn this into a day to celebrate their liberation as well. So, you know, documents report that, you know, some tight white Southerners didn't have a lot of nice things to say. They called it the dreadful day. They called it the nigger day, the nigger dinner with the heavy on the ER. So after a decade or two of black people celebrating 4th of July, making it a black holiday in the South, and particularly South Carolina, there were things that were done that squashed the enthusiasm for black folks on the 4th of July. You know, there were segregational laws and Jim Crow laws. You know, the black community's enthusiasm for celebrating the 4th of July in Charleston became less and less. They started doing things systematically to stop the celebrations, and then they also started literally attacking black bodies to stop the celebrations. Systematically, they stopped allowing, you know, vendors on the street. They eventually pushed the White Point Garden celebration out of downtown because White Point Garden was in downtown. So they pushed it further and further away from the central area of Charleston, South Carolina. And then there were also several events that involved killing of black people. On July 4th, 1875, a white mob killed a black sheriff deputy. And then the next year, angry over a black the black military parade, a white vigilantes killed seven African Americans and injured quite a few. With a combination of segregated laws and 
some of the systematic things that they did to restrict the parade altogether. The black holiday of July 4th pretty much died, which really just showed that the fruits of freedom of America doesn't include African-Americans. So understanding the symbolism of 4th of July as this representation of independence and freedom, a lot of movements and events have been scheduled on this day as a form of symbolism and resistance. They're like, we're going to have this event on this historical day to highlight that while America is free, you are keeping people, holding people's rights in bondage. One major thing that happened on this day that you might want to check out in 1852 was Frederick Douglass delivered a speech, What to the Slave is July 4th. And his historical speech is used a lot. He said a lot of powerful things that can be applied today. He has some really good quotes that you might just, you might want to bear with me. This might be a little too textbooky, but stay with me. He says that I'm not included within the pale of this glorious anniversary. The 4th, the 4th of July is yours, not mine. He also talks about how this day in particular more than any other day shows the gross injustice and cruelty to which he's a constant victim. So, you know, he took this time before slavery was abolished to talk about how Independence Day and the Declaration of Independence that says all men are created equal is actually not true. And they are not upholding their own document that they wrote. So that happened on this day. Another thing that happened on this day in 1965 on July 4th was that 40 LGBTQ folks went out in Philly and held a protest to highlight the fact that they are withholding civil rights laws for due to the LGBT community. And they did that, ironically, in front of Independence Hall. Another historical thing that happened on this day was that The Voice, a newspaper for the New Negro Movement, was released and published and debuted in a church in Harlem on this day, okay? So, you know, every episode I got to figure out a way to, to mention Harlem, so <laughs> there it is. Another important thing that happened on this day in 1969 was that Cesar Chavez was on the cover of Time magazine. Now, Cesar Chavez was an activist that represented United Farm Workers, and he wanted to get contracts and grants and benefits and protections for Filipino and Mexican-American farm workers. So him being on the Time magazine on July 4th, Day of Independence, was a pretty big deal and pretty dope. Okay, so let's just wrap it up now with the show summary. What have we learned today? America is a big contradiction. The end. Okay, no, no, no. I have a couple other points. <laughs> Number one, yeah, America is a big contradiction. They want independence, but they have been enslaving and withholding people's rights for years. Another point that we learned today is in 1852, to a mostly white crowd, Frederick Douglass gave a speech, what to the American slave is your 4th of July? And he made some powerful points about how America is not allowing black people to experience equality. Another thing that we learned about this day is that traditionally in our textbooks, this day is focused as the day that America was born and broken free from Great Britain. 
And of course, we also learned that after the emancipation, black folks made July 4th their day. In particularly, South Carolinans had parades, cookouts, and dances. We learned about the tootaloo that was a popular dance at the time that also was a term. People would be like, are you going to the tootaloo instead of being like, are you going to the 4th of July celebration? Because that's how popular it was. And the tootaloo was a dance that low-key made fun of the white courtship, the white elite courtship processes that a lot of the former enslaved people witnessed. <laughs> and let's see, we also learned there's mad other historical things that happen on this day for black people, for farm workers rights, for the LGBTQ community. And overall, we learned that black folks in particular were not included in the nation's birth or independence. And in light of the things that are happening now with us fighting both COVID-19 and systematic racism, one could argue that that sentiment continues to this day. There are a lot of people, particularly black people, that are not included in this independence and freedom. And then there are also a lot you know, we could also argue that that also includes women, includes LGBTQ community and other groups of color. So that wraps it up, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of That Wasn't In My Textbook podcast, the history of 4th of July, when black folks celebrated July 4th. I hope you learned a lot because I learned a lot doing this history research. I would like to thank everyone again for your continued support of this podcast. I mean, thank you is not enough, but that's all I have. Please share with your friends, leave a review, and give me any feedback. I'm open to it and I'm learning just as you are. Make sure to follow That Wasn't In My Textbook all over the interwebs. We're on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. Yo, we even got a Pinterest, okay? So follow us everywhere. Make sure you tune in next Friday, July 16th for our third episode, The History of Curating. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend and remember, knowledge is power.